there comic clan and welcome to comics in the cross the greatest streamers you have never heard of who are now i am proud to announce official twitch affiliates as a first thing this morning literally woke up to the email today we made it guys hashtag road to affiliate is over and um, we are officially oh i don't know what happened there bob but your message got deleted i don't know what you said <laughs> <laughs> it's okay no, i was the first one to get banned from yeah don't chat, worry the so. first one for like the night bot pulled up was actually one of our own like yeah. podcasters so like don't worry about it um but yeah we are now officially twitch affiliates i am so freaking excited um what that means for all of you in the comic clan that means um on twitch if you're with us you can go ahead and click that little button that says subscribe and subscribe to our channel now and help support us financially like that also means down at the bottom of the messages there is now a little diamond icon where you can click and you can share some bits to cheer along for us um both of which are now official ways and he did it bob tracer what? officially did it that's what's up man that's what's up bob i didn't even get a chance to announce it i didn't even get a chance to say it <laughs> but you are officially the first member of the Stan clan, represented by my little super Stan, Funko Pomp, nice. I've got up here. Um, and as the first official subscriber, you're the first one in the elite level of the comic clan. I'm going to be reaching out to you to get your details because you're going to get an official Comics in the Cross t-shirt and Comics in the Cross mug as the very right. first subscriber to the Comics in the Cross channel. So thank you so much for that yeah, first saw, Bob. We 100% appreciate it. And also get to appreciate and hand out something amazing to one of our um, who's also supported and thrown in some bits just for the fun of it as well. <laughs> the thing is, sure it all works, you know. I absolutely appreciate it. That shouldn't be coming up with the bits thing. I should have a pop-up for when we get bits. I'll need to look at that. Um, but thank you so much for that, Bob. We've got our first subscriber and our first bits thrown in there. So, yep, it's all working. It's all popping up on screen, so that's good. I'm glad it's all working. <laughs> um, but I'll reach out and send you a message, Bob. And um, Bob is also a shout-out to our sponsor who's up here, Gamer Grain Co. Um, he's also part of Gamer Grain. He's one of the guys that's sponsored by them as well. So massive shout-out to them. Who Actually, earlier this week, I thought that was going to be the big news. Um, that actually Gamer Grind officially has upgraded us. We are now influencers with Gamer Grind. So if I put in um, our sponsor link, if I can type, if you go um, to Gamer Grind and go and buy anything out of their store, you can now use um, at checkout Comics in the Cross to save 5% off of anything you purchase in their store. Going up in the world, people, we're going up. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Bob. We appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's a freaking big week for us, pretty much, really. Huge, man, huge. Huge week. We're now influenced with Gamer Grind. We're now um, Twitch affiliates, which is just phenomenal. The thing. I know that was that was our that was our big goal, man. Yeah, that was so, the big goal was to have affiliate. We were so close. We were at like two point something average viewers for like two three weeks. I know. <laughs> It's like it was like 2.4, 2.5, 2.6. I'm like, come on. It was like slowly going up bit by bit, and then totally surprised. I checked Twitch this morning, and we have an email from them saying that we're now Twitch affiliates. So it, it's just exciting. It's just exciting to be able to say that because yeah. um, although the stream's only on episode five, and um, we've actually been working in Comics in the Cross for like what a year and a half at least yeah at least we've been working at least a year and a half in the background to prepare everything before we did it so it's just, yeah i'm it's pretty phenomenal. sure our logo is about a year and a half old <laughs> oh yeah 100 yeah. it's still awesome though i mean I, yeah i, I love it i love, I love superhero it. dude he's he's amazing 
That's and, his official name, by the way, Superhero. Yeah, that is his official name. We, I don't know what happened with that. We just came up with Superhero Dude one night and it just stuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, for anyone wanting to know about that as well, I know no one asked, but that was, of course, our very own Nitro who designed that, who designed yep. our um, logo, Comics in the Cross. Um, I remember when he first showed me, I was so excited for it. The logo looks dope. It still does. The guy, he, he knows Thanks, what he's man. doing. Nitro's an amazing artist. Stuff, he knows so. what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your advice and got the Hush comic and watched the animated film. Awesome. Nice. What did you think of it, Ads? Um, if anyone had missed out on that, that was our discussion last week talking about um, pitching the DCEU. Um, my movie for Batman that I pitched was basically do Hush. Do the Hush comic. There is no reason not to do that. Um, and put in a couple of links for people to go and check it out. So what did you think, Ads? Did you like Hush? Okay, Dude, I'm... Alright, I'm going to preface this right now. You're going to see me, like, moving about in this chair. <laughs> I have got a brand new chair, as you can see. It's gorgeous. New new streaming chair. I'm still kind of getting used to, like, a good sitting pattern for it. It's like, I'm, I'm not used to it yet. So if you see me moving about during stream, that's probably what's going on as we try to get comfy in it. You a know? total side note. I know, so, to continue our conversation we had last week, just briefly, since mm -hmm. we're talking about Batman real quick. Yeah, I don't know it. if you guys saw it, but on Twitter... So there was a there was a high level leaked plot of Ben Affleck's Batman film. Yeah, yeah, I, I literally just seen that earlier today. So it was basically he was trapped in Arkham and he had to fight his way out. And I just want to say that I was the original one with that idea. Just, yeah, just I, I, that yeah, we'll, we'll definitely point that out. If you go back <laughs> to last week's video, that was literally the plot that Nitro came up with for um, his Batman movie in the DCEU. So and i'd say he absolutely loved it like i i know you would like if for nothing else i recommend hush if the story's phenomenal Dude, the hush story's is great but if you're going to buy it for nothing else the art is worth it the art is just is beautiful yeah jim lee is i, I just love jim lee one of my favorite artists of all time 100 percent. the guys the guy's just phenomenal i didn't mean to gloss over the chair cross no no, the no chair no. looks sick no yeah so we got a brand new chair um you know, it's like it's not the most expensive chair in the world, but we're we're getting up in the world. We're upgrading. You know, anyone seen the Slowly pictures on social media? I had a broken, um, steel folding chair from Target that was my office chair because we didn't have money for anything else. Um, so yeah, so we got our stimulus check from the government, and I coaxed my wife into allowing me to use some of it to get a new chair. Um, well, actually, I'll, I'll give her credit. She offered to use it because she's like, you can't keep sitting in that chair. We need to get you an actual <laughs> chair. Especially now, like, I'm working from home, so I'm working out yeah. of this office yep. um, every day pretty much now, not just for the stream. So, like, when I'm sitting up here all day, you need a proper chair to actually That's sit in. priorities, man. Yeah, man. Um, but you lovely people that are in the crowd, you are not here to talk about comics this week. As much as we love comics, as much as that is our go-to, this week has been branded Cosmic and the Cross. Cosmic and the Cross. First episode of Cosmic and the Cross. First ever. We're going into talking about some sci-fi stuff today. I don't know how much we're going to do of Cosmic and the Cross in the future. We'll see how this one goes. We'll see how yep. it kind of plays out. And we're, we're going to mess with it because like, I was planning to do Cosmic and the Cross. It was a, an idea in my head for a while and to eventually do. Uh, thank you for the host ads. I absolutely appreciate it there. Zachary Levi Shazam is flossing on your behalf. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, but you know it's like I, I've always wanted to do this because I'm, I'm a big sci-fi fan I love sci-fi stuff yeah. and, and superheroes in my sense come under sci-fi anyway it's mm -hmm. science fiction it's things that are that are not quite fantasy but they're so surreal and out there and different and yeah um, so yeah I'm, I'm a huge sci-fi fan so this was always in my head dude I love sci-fi 
Yeah, Meg was a big sci-fi fan as well. But, as we found out a few episodes ago, if you were here in the chat, there are some gaps in his sci-fi knowledge. There are some gaps. There are some shows that he has not seen. Some apparently rather large gaps. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were... (laughs) He had the audacity a few weeks ago to say he had never seen Firefly and the The whole... audacity. The the entire chat turned on him at that moment. (laughs) Yeah. I became... uh... Public enemy numero uno. The entire chat turned on him and just like, okay. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't want to watch it. I just never saw it. You hinted at it heavily that you didn't. I want did to watch hint it. at it, but to be fair, it's for Joss Whedon. But also to be fair, and it's a good, it's a good introduction to something that's Joss Whedon because although he created it and he's one of the executive producers on it, very few of the episodes does he actually write or direct. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So we decided we were going to do this. We're going to do two Cosmic and the Crosses based on Firefly. The first one is going to be reviewing episodes one to eight. Um, we're not going to go in-depth into every single episode, but we're going to try and hit on them, talk about them, what we liked, yeah. what we didn't like, different stuff like that. Um, and then if we do a second one, it'll be picking up from nine all the way through to 14 and include the Serenity movie. Mm-hmm. I figured that that would be a good evening out because that's about seven normal length episodes and then episode one's like a double length one so it's almost an yeah. hour and a half so that'll match up with doing the movie as part two so that that was the setup for it yep so we are going to go into reviewing episodes one through eight and I'm going to kick it over to Nitro because I just like everyone else I, I am desperate <laughs> desperate to hear what Nitro has got to say on this. It's like I, I have no idea what he's going to say. I, he's hinted at. Some I feel stuff. like I need to preface. <laughs> we've, we've been chatting a little bit, and he's kind of hinted at stuff that he's going to say in this, but we have not talked about this. We have saved this for stream. So anything he's about to go into, I'm pretty much in the dark as much as you are. So we'll see. All right. We'll see. All how right. This so I, I feel like I need to preface where I'm coming from. So I'm obviously not the biggest fan of Joss Whedon because apparently I was pronouncing his name incorrectly for the past uh, couple weeks, as my wife told me today. So I was saying Josh, Josh with an H, Whedon, as opposed to Josh Whedon. So I do know that some of the stuff that he does. Um, not just I'm just not a general in general a fan of his. That being said, I tried to go in objectively. I tried to go in with an open mind and not shut it down from the beginning. So I actually wrote notes based off every single episode, but I know you said we're not going to go episode by episode. Yeah, so I just we're probably not going to go hit episode by <clears throat> episode, but we'll try and hit in most of the major parts, just because like if we yeah. go in-depth in eight episodes, it's going to go way longer than an hour and a half yeah. podcast. Um, so, so we'll try and cover like as much as we can in each episode. We'll obviously mm-hmm. spend a bit of time on the intro, some of our favorite episodes will go in, yeah, and different stuff like that. So he, Nitro's written notes. I have written no notes <laughs> because I don't know if you can see the you can see the t-shirt here on stream that's, that's his brown coats right there and underneath it is Mal Reynolds guns and actually you know what I'm going to actually get in hand for this give me a sec I'm getting up from my chair give me one sec <laughs> oh, nice. so we, we have a we have a true uh, died in the wool fan uh, in cross this was a um, gift a few years ago um, hold on I get my woo, earphones back in so I can actually hear Nitro um, so if you can see that it's a replica of Mal Reynolds' gun from the show. Yeah, that's sweet. Now that's yeah. sweet. So, like, I freaking adore this gun. Yeah, I that's awesome. I love the design of it. Um, my wife actually got me this as a present off of Think Geek. I think it was Think Geek she got it from. Yeah. So, like, it's a replica of Mal Reynolds' gun. And 
I, I, I have no issue sitting holding this on stream. It is not real. <laughs> just hold it up in the air, the whole stream. It is not real. <laughs> it doesn't pull. I'm just, I'm prefacing this right here. This isn't a real gun. This is a replica prop from the show. Um, replica of Mal Reynolds' gun, and I absolutely adore it. So Yeah, that's awesome. As, as you can see from the shirt, from the props, from I also have a Mal Reynolds action figure boxed up on my shelves as well. Um, also, one other thing I'm going to preface it with, and then I'm going to let Nitro go, just because I'm showing where I'm coming from. Nitro's coming from yeah, the yeah. background to this. Yeah, and while while cross while cross while cross is getting his stuff, I like I said, I've never seen this show, so this was my first um, my first. But if you can see this on stream, it is a picture of the Firefly cast and. My goal is to get it signed by all of them. Obviously, R.I.P. Ron Glass, who plays Shepard Book, who's no longer with us. Oh, I didn't know um, that. I have one signature on it already, where I met Jewel Stay, who plays Kaylee. Nice. Um. That's awesome. So I just I want to preface that just because I want to show that. We've got Nitro coming in as a background of really not knowing the show, not being a fan of Joss Whedon. I'm coming into this talk today as a pretty hardcore fan of Firefly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this show. I'm coming in fully. This is one of my things. So I'm intrigued to see the contrast here of like me being someone who's really into it and someone who's like coming into it for the first time. Yeah. So, so all right. So like I was saying earlier, I, I am definitely a sci-fi fan. I love sci-fi. I have mm -hmm. since I was little. I have like i've discovered a revelation is that that's wait a minute revelation is the right one yeah yeah well Revol discovered revolution revolutions overthrowing a government revelations uh, an epiphany there we go i've had a revelation <laughs> about the type of sci-fi that i like and um all right so I, I made a list of pros and cons all right so let's start off with the actually yeah let's start off with the pros so I think they have a couple of really, really, really strong characters um, for an episodic TV series. I think Nathan Fillion is a beast uh, as Captain Reynolds. Uh, Alan Tudyk as Wash. I think his name is Wash, right? Yeah, yeah Wash. Wash. Brilliant. And I really like Jewel State as Kaylee. Oh, yeah. And I think um, – so Josh uh, – Joss. See, I did it again. Josh Whedon – he really likes to write female characters, but I think a lot of times they come across as flat um, or too forced, in my opinion. But here, I think, is a really good example of um, a female character that is unconventional, that is done very well. Because she's a mechanic. Like, how, how often do you see a female mechanic? Um, and it's not like uh, they changed her to fit uh, a mechanic mold she's still very much feminine but she kicks butt as the mechanic and she's super intelligent and I think they do a really good job with that character um, I think the show does a lot with very little like you can tell by some of the episodes like maybe the budget wasn't necessarily like super high but what they did with it uh, I'm thinking specifically of the episode where they um, tried to sell the cattle um, like yeah. a lot of the episode was in that small town and on that cattle ranch. Like it was, those are basically the two locations. Um, but I think they did a lot in that episode. Like there was a lot of character development and that type of stuff. Uh, so I, I thought that was really good. Uh, I think the series does better when it takes itself more serious. Mm -hmm. 
episode eight was by far my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the way that they did that narrative, the the storytelling, uh, as far as there was three sets of flashbacks. So when they first got Serenity, um, uh, in the present, and then you know in the, in the future that we didn't know what had happened yet when when he had been shot. Uh, when Catherine Reynolds has been shot. For those of you who haven't seen it, sorry. Yes, I was going to say, f- full spoilers, by the way, yeah, for yeah, like yeah. a 20-year-old sci-fi show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, If you've not seen it by now, you're probably not going to, unless you're Nitro and I'm forcing you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, so I will say I enjoyed the series. I can definitely see why mm-hmm. people like it. It's not necessarily my type of sci-fi that I would go out of my way to watch um, because, like I said, I, I like when sci-fi is slightly more serious in tone yeah that being said i do appreciate humor like i can i can appreciate humor in dramatic um in a dramatically toned whatever it is like a tv series or movie or whatever i can absolutely appreciate that yeah but i think going like kind of going into the cons i think one of the things that from my perspective that the show struggles with is one of the thing, same things that i think Joss Whedon's stuff struggles with in general is just the consistent tone. Like, I, I don't mind comedy and stuff, but I think when I think there needs to be an underlying, like a foundational tone that's set for whatever you're watching. And I think his is kind of all over the place. Like, it, it'll be a lot of comedy and there'll be a lot of drama, and then it'll be you know, it, it's just not a consistent. There's not a foundational tone. I think, and, and that's where he kind of loses me a bit in some of the episodes. Yeah, and I I didn't know I had assumed that he wrote and directed all the episodes, and I found out after the fact that that was not the case. But some of the episodes that I weren't I wasn't as much of a fan of, um, the majority of them were written or directed by him. Yeah, uh, by Jets. I, I can completely agree with that. Like I mean, yeah. like, even last night, like we've been watching through the show. Nigel's been watching. I've been rewatching it. I will say that like last night, I watched episode seven and eight. And which for anyone who doesn't know, that's Jamestown with the, mm-hmm. the hero of Canton when he goes back and finds out he's a hero. Um, and out of gas, which is when the, the ship's basically busted and Mal has been shot and we don't know what's going on. We find yeah. out bit by bit. We'll also get in the origin of how everybody came to be on Serenity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, both of those are like two phenomenally strong episodes. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenally well written. Even Jamestown, like the comedy's there for it as well, but it's done, yeah, it's done, it's done well. well. Yeah, it's done well. It's Joss, not like it doesn't feel forced. Joss Whedon was not a writer and not a director on either of those episodes. Right. I never paid attention to like the other ones, but I really noticed it in last night's too, and I was like, "Wow, even it gets really good. He's not touching it." Yeah, and I looked. That's when I started looking at the actual directors and writers for each episode because mm. I was like, "No way, Joss." I, 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 at least it didn't feel like a Josh Whedon something to me. Episode oh, no. eight. No, no, no. So I went no. in and I was like, okay, it wasn't him, but it was this guy. And I looked, I forgot his name. Um, Solomon something, Solomon. David Solomon, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah. David um, Solomon does a lot of stuff. Tim Minear, who's the other executive yeah. producer and creator of it, he does a lot of stuff on it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of amazing stuff out there on it. But yeah. like, I, I can totally get that, though. And there was I, one. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Ross. No, on you go. Go for it, man. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> So after the fact, one of the episodes that I was like, oh my gosh, this is just awful, was the one um, where Captain Reynolds gets married. He gets like drunk mm. at a party um, and then he gets married. And like this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about is I don't think Joss is good at, at writing particularly strong female characters. I think 
his idea of a strong female character uh, is just not realistic as far as the way that he portrays them. And the perfect example of this is this episode. I think it was episode six. I forgot the name of it. Um, Our Captain Reynolds, I think is what it's called. Uh, where he gets married basically and he's like oh, oh crap I didn't know I got married and then that the his his new wife proceeds to seduce like the entire crew and I'm like really is is this real really realistic like this would really happen like like there's no willpower yeah from anyone like no one on the ship including the companion I forgot her name offhand oh, but including her yeah. like really come on man like let let's let's just slow down a bit. But, yeah, um, like I, I will give it in that. Like in that episode, like there's very much like she clearly. It's one of those things like they they really hint at the fact of like she said like real training like they hint at the fact she said companion training like in Ara so she's used yeah. to like working that out. But they hint heavily like she's had all this other training as well, and mm-hmm. um, like from all these other backgrounds. But you never actually see her use any of that. You just see yeah. her try to seduce everybody. Yeah. And if she tries to seduce Captain Reynolds, who obviously is like the guy who's on Mark, mm-hmm. um, that she's like playing it all up for and stuff, which, you know, understandably, so the whole thing's focused on that. Yeah. I can even see her doing it with Anara because it kind of plays a little bit of a, a storyline thing because Anara can tell, like, oh, that's not just normal. You're seducing people, like, that's companion, like, academy yeah. training. Yeah. So I can kind of get that one. The one that came out of nowhere is like she all of a sudden goes into the ship and she has to like she tries to sabotage it and like just starts to do some wash out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm like that was the one that got me. I'm like really. And it's like it, it does feel out of nowhere. Oh, and I'm like, man. and it's almost like for a minute wash is getting lulled into it. I like I'm just I'm very grateful that he didn't like kiss her and didn't do yeah. anything like that. Yeah. I'm very grateful he kind of went no, I'm a married man. Yeah. And my wife will kill me, literally. <laughs> she will literally murder me. <laughs> I think Zoe will literally kill him if he does yeah, yeah. anything, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, that that being said, I, I, I am enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can necessarily say I'm a fan yet. Um, I am definitely still being open-minded about it. Um, I, I know I mentioned this to you, Cross. There's a couple things that really stick out to me that I, I don't quite understand and are a bit distracting. One of them is the Chinese. Um, yeah. and I get. I know we had a discussion about this the other night, um, but I just with with no context given behind it, at least not any more than they've already given. It just it's it, for me. It's just very distracting. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like it's it's one of those things you have to look into. I must. I my guess is it's something that they were going to go into. Yeah, and they would maybe explain a bit further because they kind of explain it a bit more when you watch Serenity, like the movie. Okay. Um, at the start of it they kind of explain more in depth a little bit of what happened and stuff and like people leaving earth and there's a little kind of background to it yeah um but it wasn't until i kind of started looking into stuff myself that i found that you know it's like it's it's part of the language you now the english and the chinese and the and the mandarin have kind of like merged together in its own kind of language yeah and um, but of course like I th- honestly though like you really get the feeling of like the mandarins mostly the cuss words and it was literally an excuse for them yeah. to get away of being on prime time pretty much they cuss yeah because nobody knows what they're saying <laughs> they threw in some others but like let's be honest that was probably the main reason yeah one, one thing that really stuck out to me as i like immediately i was like oh captain reynolds is han solo like there's no question. Yeah, pretty that they much. They fashion that character after Han Solo. There's no question about it. Yeah, pretty much. He's he's a Han Solo archetype. He's a yeah. You know, it's like he's a he's a lawbreak a lovable rogue lawbreaker. Yeah. You know, space cowboy. I will cowboy. say in the first episode, he really was not that likable as a as a character. 
he, uh, he's definitely grown on me since then. I think he's probably the strongest character on the show, obviously. But at the first episode, I was like, this is not a particularly likable person. <laughs> yeah, well, since we're, since we're hitting that, let's jump into some of the episodes then. So let's yeah. start off. Episode one was the double length one, which I will preface this, by the way. I didn't find this out till later. The episodes as they are, like on Hulu right now, which is where we were watching them, and on the DVD release I've got, I've got the Blu-ray, which is the same order. They were actually released on TV in a different order. Really? Yeah, so Serenity wasn't the first episode that aired on TV because people didn't think people were going to get into it. I did notice that the numbering convention online when I was looking up the episode titles and stuff was different. Like They, changed I it. they, they, yeah. they wanted to try and drag people in, so they actually put episode two on first, the train job, mm. um, because they thought a big heist thing like that would be more likely to draw people in. Okay. Um, so we're we're going off of the, what's on Hulu right now. If you go to Hulu and check it out, um, or if you've got the DVD or the Blu-ray, this is the order it's on there. This is the this is the official order of what it was meant to be. Okay. You know, um, which is like if you read how what order they're in, like after having watched it this way, it's really weird to see them like having removed the episodes. It changes stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So the first one is it is Serenity. It's called Serenity. That's the pilot, basically. Yeah, that's the pilot yep. episode. That's the double feature. This is when we get our first introduction to the crew, first introduction to who they are. Um, it's a small crew at first. We see them taking on passengers and stuff. We see them getting on a big job. Yep. Um, and the whole thing is basically them trying to unload goods that they can't unload, mm-hmm. basically. So let's delve into this. So let's delve into the characters, first of all. So you started sure. talking about um, Captain Reynolds. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I really, I really like Captain Reynolds. I, one of the uh, the notes that I had, I said Captain Reynolds is basically Han Solo. I said he's not particularly charming or likable, but again, that was the very first episode, so that was my introduction to him as a as a character. Oh yeah, um, he's definitely grown. Um, I I said I feel like the series is like Unforgiven meets A New Hope. <laughs> Like I feel like it's a western meets Star Wars. Pretty know? much, yes. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it is literally he's a space cowboy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. pretty much. It's a space western. Yeah, um, a lot of characters were introduced. I made a note of that. Um, I feel like uh, Josh Josh likes to do that. I feel like he likes to juggle a lot of characters at the same time. Hence, why he did Avengers and you know why he did Firefly and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like it might suffer. Some of the other characters might suffer because of that. Um, I think as long yeah. as you're invested for the whole show. I True. think yeah, it's yeah. likely because like like we talked about when you get to like episode eight out of gas you start to you have you've got a feel of the characters where they are in life now and then you start to see them coming on the ship it's like yeah that was so cool there's no like at the start you don't need to know everyone's backstory like you we find out like obviously mal and zoe they were part of the war and there was a war between um uh, the alliance and the independence the brown coats which is yeah you know why firefly firefly fans call themselves brown coats is after that yeah and okay. um, the whole thing with that is you start to see that they were at war with each other, they were killing each other, and we basically come in at the final battle, or what's hinted at as the battle where the war was won. It mm. continued after that, but it was the Battle of Serenity Valley. Yeah, okay. Um, which is where, like, you see Mal like, basically trying to call in air support, trying to call in assistance, and it doesn't work. Oh, is that what he called the ship Serenity? Yeah, he calls it Serenity oh, after Serenity Valley. After it was named after that, because that's why if you go to episode three, bushwhacked, and um, when the Alliance are like interrogating them, the Alliance guy interrogates them and basically says, oh, why would you name your ship after like your greatest loss?" Yeah, you know, so like, why would you name it after the greatest loss? And it's like, 
Oh wow, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, so it's like it was named after the the valley where they they basically the brown coats lost the war. Yeah. Um. And then from there, basically, that's the only background we get. We see a good bit of the war. We see them fighting, trying to take mm-hmm. the valley. Mal isn't a captain at this point. He's a sergeant, and Zoe's his second in command of his unit, mm-hmm. and which is why the two of the, where the two of them meet and where the two of them and um, basically work together since, and that's why she comes with him to be on the ship. Yeah. Um, and then we get straight into like you know some thievery going on as they basically crack an empty ship, steal some cargo off of it, and it turns out it's. Um, at first, I th- the first time watching it, I remember thinking I thought it was like gold bars or something, or at least the equivalent of it. Yeah, that were like marked with the lion's currency, and it turns out it's protein packs. It's yeah. marked with yeah. the lion stuff. Um, that was that's a cool like um, alternative take on a lot of sci-fi. They were just trying to steal food. <laughs> yeah, which is like you literally don't get that until like the final confrontation with patients. Yeah, when which throw- I thought was a fantastic uh, action. Oh, piece, set piece. Like I, I wrote in my notes, I said the shootout was awesome, and shooting the horse was a fantastic oh, right move. Yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic move. Yeah, I mean, best bit of that scene for me is like literally before it kicks off when you just see the guy with the sniper rifle about to take, it, and then you just see him getting dragged off screen. Yeah, <laughs> and then Jane just lies down and takes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was probably one of my favorite parts of that whole episode. But yeah, so we get to see a lot of amazing stuff in that episode, and. Um, little overview for it so we get the introduction to shepherd book to simon tan who's bringing on something onto the ship they're coming on as transport people and um, as travelers being transported to i can't even remember where the destination they were going was yeah i can't remember they got on at persephone but i can't remember where they were going um but obviously like stuff's going on it turns out another guy comes on there's a mole that's for the alliance mm-hmm. so they open up simon's crate and it turns out that his sister is in there yeah. Over time, um, who the government basically experimented on, who did all this stuff to her, and he basically gave up his whole life to save her. Yeah. And they're now fugitives on the run, so we have that going on, and we have them trying to shift the alliance goods, and we're trying to find someone they can drop it to. They take it to who they were going to in Persephone, and to um, Badger, played by Mark Shepard, a big name from a lot of sci-fi stuff. Most people will know him from Supernatural. Um, he's a reoccurring face in Supernatural. Um, completely forgot the character's name in Supernatural, but yeah, he's um, in that. He's probably well known for that. He's done a lot of like geek sci-fi stuff, so he's fairly well known in the world. So he plays Badger and basically says, not taking the cargo. Yeah. There's a bulletin being put out for a Firefly transport carrying this cargo. I'm not taking it. It's a dead man's job if I take that. Yeah. Backs out of the deal, so they're left with a cargo that they need to unload on someday. Um, they then go to the to meet with patients on the moon um, someone they've dealt with before who shot Mal during their last meeting yeah go to hand over the stuff to her and it ends up in a big massive shootout Jane takes out the sniper takes that spot on him Mal and Zoe basically blast the heck out of all of them yeah dude when he shot the horse, I almost fell out my seat that was awesome <laughs> yeah it's like he just couldn't get the shot on her just shot the horse horse fell right yeah. on top of her yeah and I love the I felt like the Indiana Jones uh, part uh, section oh, of the this... movie where he's that dude's like swinging the swords around. And he just shoots him. <laughs> he just shoots him. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those moments. And I love that. I love how he ends it as well. He just goes up and puts the gun in her face and says, "I get paid." Yeah, and takes the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. I really like that. Let's see what that 
Beautiful ways of dropping some stuff off. But yeah, it's like it's uh such a phenomenal uh, it's a phenomenal episode. It's like I really yeah. like it as an introduction and then of course the whole thing ends which we didn't uh, we haven't talked about the fact that like the government guy gets um revealed. He tries mm-hmm. to take Simon and River and it's gonna take in the whole crew. Kaylee pops up behind them coming out from um the back room, gets shot in the stomach, so Yeah. They of course take care of the lawman, he manages to escape out of his binds, goes to try and take River and Simon again, and as Mal's coming back on after meeting with patients, literally doesn't even stop his stride. Yeah. Walks in the ship, boom, straight through the head. Him one, and Jane just throw him off the boat and take yeah, off. One, one thing that surprised me about this is I was expecting not a family friendly and more family friendly show, but I was expecting a more tame and this this show is like surprisingly violent, which um, I'm okay with like with in a TV show and stuff like that, but it was it was kind of surprising. Yeah, um, I, I think it works well for it. I think yeah, because I agree. When you, it adds it adds stake like real stakes yeah, to it. Yeah, because they talk about the alliance being like the inward planets who are mostly taken care of, but like Firefly takes place mostly on the outer planets. Mm-hmm. They're trying to stay out of alliance view, trying to stay on the outward rim of stuff, which are all these little backwater planets who are yeah. They are basically like westerns. If you go to the main city, which you'll see in an upcoming episode, they go to one of the cities, and it is it's like a beautiful city. It's a modern city, which is like it's a total contrast compared to like the stuff that they've been doing on all these little like western-looking places, you know. Yeah. Um. Also, as well, um, this is our first introduction to the Reavers. We don't get much. Yeah, kind of. We don't get much about them on this <laughs> episode. Hint. I would say a hint. Yeah. It's a hint at them, but I think that. That moment where the ships are passing each other. It's super tense and they it's did it super really tense, well. super tense and I think really they well. build up the, the tensity of like what who the Reavers are. They don't have to say much to like yeah. know who these guys are and yeah. how dangerous they are. Um, and again, it doesn't go into too much more. Like they show up later chasing them and they manage to get away and it's like it's it's taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, I thought they did that part really well. Yeah, and I, I think they're handled very well in that. Um, so what did you overall like good and bad about the first episode then so i wrote a couple notes that i the stuff that i haven't already said um i thought some of the dialogue was a little bit cringy uh but i i like what you said as far as the introduction to the reavers i think they did a good job introducing the characters as a whole mm-hmm. i'm not a huge fan of the pastor character to be quite honest and I'll, i i can expand on that a little bit later in some of the other episodes um i thought the way that they wrapped it up was awesome mm-hmm. the shootout was probably my favorite part of the whole whole episode yeah uh I know uh, Kaylee, I think her name is Kaylee. Yeah, Kaylee got shot, and they kind of hinted that she might be paralyzed. But then, like, the next episode, she's perfectly fine. And, like, she's playing a game. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know why you hinted at that if, if we're not going to follow through on that. But, yeah, because I, I felt like they did hint that she might have been, like, paralyzed from, like, the waist down from that shot. I never, I never got that they hinted at that. I just the only yeah. thing I got from was like she probably shouldn't be moving with the wind in her gut like that. That's why they would yeah. carry her to the engine room at the end. That makes sense. Um, but I don't think they would paralyze a character and that's just not because they wouldn't put that representation in there but just because it's going to make getting around so much clunkier putting that's someone true. in a wheelchair because yeah. like, that ship's nothing but staircases Yeah, you know it's like it's nothing but up and down getting around it it would just make things really complicated yeah because I put in the second episode I said the chick who got shot which I obviously didn't know her name at the time I said the chick who got shot is now magically okay <laughs> But yeah, that makes sense though. That that, that's sense. that's because Simon's a really good doctor. <laughs> that she's absolutely um, got the hots for like right off the bat. See, I didn't get that. Like, I'm very thick-headed to be just transparent, so I didn't get that that they were. <laughs> but yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I don't. Did you want to go into the next episode or into the next several episodes? Kind of wrap yeah, them up. Yeah, okay. let's just jump through the next episodes a little bit. Um, thing I want to focus on Serenity because that's the main one. The next one I want to focus on a little bit more because this was for a lot of people who watched the shows that was coming out. This was their pilot. Was the train job? Mm-hmm. Um, we're introduced to Niska. Um, who's oh, spoiled, the villain. Who yeah. spoilers for the second half of the season? He does come back. Okay. The, the, it's like it's it's one of those things like it could have really been a loose end on a single season show, yeah. But he does come back, um, because like obviously it ends with the fact of them not completing the the job for him, yeah. And it's it's highly hinted at that he's like this big gangster sort of type person, this big like crime lord, and if you take a job for him, you finish it. You don't screw him over. Yeah, um, I thought. Yeah, I thought the episode was, was cool. I like the I like the plot of it, um, especially when they were going through the carts and they passed an entire uh, cart full of uh, Fed Alliance people. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was really cool. That was really funny. Yeah, so in that episode, they meet with Niska. They get a job to go and pull some loot off of a train and off of one of the back planets. Basically, the job is get it off the train before it reaches its destination. Um, and that's pretty much the whole thing. They get there. They take the loot off. Mal and Zoe get stuck on the train, so they get to the destination and find out that it's not just any loot, not any money. It's actually medicine yeah. that the town desperately needs for like a disease that like the town specifically gets due to the mining that takes place there. And I'll say that the um, interrogation scene uh, between the sheriff and Captain Reynolds uh, and what's her name again? Was it Zoe? It wasn't Zoe. Zoe was it? Yeah. Oh, it was Zoe. Okay. Yeah, between them, I thought that that was like really, really good. The way that that was written, because it was played up that the sheriff was just dumb, but at the end, you realize that he had been playing them the whole time that he was interviewing him, and he really knew all along, basically, um, yeah. that they weren't who they said they were. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I I, th- I wrote one note that I, I thought the character development in this episode was really well, or really good, not really well, really good. Because they kind of established that even though they're kind of like outlaws, quotation marks, they have a code, and they kind of expanded on that code a bit. You know, at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, when they give the the medicine back to that town, um, and I thought it was a really cool um, piece of storytelling for the sheriff, who was like, "All right, you guys can go." <laughs> yeah. Same thing. You know, the, that was really cool. There was so much background to the characters developed in this. You got to know them so yeah. much through this episode. Like, we got to see Mal and Zoe, the fact of, like, you know, as soon as they found out what was taken, it was this medicine that was needed. No, we need to give this back. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even a second thought. Yeah, we get to see a bit of Jane's background, the fact of, like, he's very much, he's in it for the money. That's why he does this. He's a merc. He's, um, he does this to get the money. So the fact of, like, no, we need to drop this off so we can get paid. Yeah. You know, um, we also get a hint at Shepherd Book's background a little bit. Yeah. In a kind of a throwaway line in this one where it's like where Shepherd Book um, says like, you know, mentions Niska's name like when Jane wants to go and make the drop without the captain mm-hmm. and tells him like, yeah, if that's the person he made the deal with then we need to get him because he's not going to be happy with someone else coming in to do that. Yeah. And they kind of like, and Jane even says it like, one day you're going to tell us how a preacher knows something like that. Well, yeah, and there was another. There was another episode later in the series where he got hurt, and the Fed Alliance was like, uh, I think they were searching the ship or whatnot, and he was basically like, "Just look at my ID card," and they were like, "Oh, because they wouldn't let him on the ship, the Fed Alliance, because somebody, because they were trying to get him to get uh, fixed, obviously medically." 
And the feds were like, no, we're not going to let you on our ship. And the shepherd was like, dude, just look at my ID. And they looked at his ID and they were like, all right, get him on the ship immediately. But they haven't hinted at, you know, all right, what does that mean? Like, obviously he has some ties to something and he's important at some point. Yeah. And for for everyone out there watching and everyone in the comic clan, for future kind of reading up on that, um, that's actually out in one of the Dark Horse comics. Obviously now the rights have been put over to Boom Studios. They've restarted everything. So that stuff is kind of like Star Wars, like Legends canon sort of thing mm. for Firefly now. Um, but Serenity Volume 3 from um, Dark Horse is actually a Shepherd's Tale. Hmm. And it's actually the background of Shepherd and it tells you. Oh, that's because, awesome. Because you don't get to go into that in the show. Um, and he actually, I'll, I'll tell you because you never get into it in the show. It's just highly hinted at. Basically, he was a member of the resistance of the, the Browncoats. Really? Who went undercover and became a high up alliance like commander really yeah he became like a high up that's why his id tag was so big like he's like he was in commands of like ships of fleets pretty much yeah into that um and then i can't remember what happened i need to reread the comic it's been years since i've read it and um, but basically like yeah he gets done with it and he walks away from it and that's when he you know he dedicates his life to being a shepherd dang that's crazy but like his ID still registers as who he is. Like he's still high up in the alliance. Mm-hmm. Like as far as they're concerned, so that's why they rush him in. That's why they, um, that's why they take him in there. You know. Yeah. So it's like it's so the the word building is something with that. They just never got the chance to like go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like, did. I thought. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That one you good. One thing that it kind of caught me off guard towards the end of the episode that I thought was hilarious was when he was interrogating um that guy's crew oh yeah he was basically saying all right you're gonna go there and say this to them and that big dude with the tattoo on his face is like i'm not gonna say that so so catherine kicks him into the jet engine dude i almost fell out of my chair i thought it was yeah that just was freaking hilarious i love it he yeah. kicks him in the engine he pulls over the other guy and he literally starts saying because, the same thing yeah this is his like, money yeah 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 Good. totally it's the best yeah, for everyone it. uh-huh like, <laughs> it's like there we go yeah, that was hilarious. I also love See, the that's vibe. the type of I love that. So you can interject comedy, but it's still a really tense situation, and um, I, I thought that was done really well. The other comedy bit I love in that is just before that is the fact that when Jane gets drugged, the doctor <sighs> drugs Jane so that um, he doesn't like take the ship to go to Nice. Oh yeah, and yeah, they try yeah. to get him down to the infirmary and they just leave him on the stairs. Yeah, he's got his <laughs> arm hanging out. His arms hanging out, and then all of a sudden Mal's fighting with the big tatted guy, and they get shot in the leg. Yeah. And he looks up at him like, thanks. And Jane goes, I was aiming for his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Still funny. drunk, can barely move. Like... I wrote, um, I wrote, the lens flares. Oh, the lens flares. <laughs> it was just. I, I will be so, honest, it's like. So many in the episode. Yeah, there's a lot of lens. It's not quite J.J. Abrams' bad lens flares, but like, it's. It was almost at that level. I there, was like, there, all right. There's a few get lens it. flares, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's lens flares that take place there was during. A, there was a lot of, um, camera angles reminiscent of avengers specifically the one that i'm thinking of is if you remember um there was a there was a shot when they were in the hangar of the helicarrier and uh iron man was in the foreground and captain america was up on the stairs in the background so they had both of them in the shot um but it was angled up there was a lot of that like a lot of the same type of camera angles where they're getting multiple people in the shot but it's at an angle um that that just aesthetically, I'm just not a huge fan of. But that's super nitpicking. 
Yeah, and it's like, I think that's them just trying to use the space because obviously they do a yeah, lot yeah. of that in the cargo bay, which is like they've got the stairwells to the shuttles and the upper deck mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So like they're definitely trying to do that as well. I think with right. it. Um. Like I said, that's super nitpicking from my end. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the train job is the train job. I think is a good episode. It's a fun episode. Kind of get shows you what they're all about. Um. We get a little bit of character background to it. Mm-hmm. Um. The next episode, I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah, I wasn't it, either. It's probably one of my least favorite. I. I like the Reavers and the fact that we go into it a little bit, mm. but the episode just felt—it felt slow and it felt—it was boring. Uh, uh, just to be honest, yeah, for me, not, not a lot happened. And then I'm like, and I—I I honestly, I hate the reveal of the guy at the end. Like, basically, that if you've not seen it, the ship is basically totally deserted, mm-hmm. left derelict. Um, oh yeah, they yeah. You want to yeah. go in, check it out. They go in, start checking it out. Start like the ship's just been left. And then they get down to one of the cargo holes and they find this mass like net full of just body parts. Yeah. And it's like it was Reavers. Reavers have totally ripped everyone on the ship limb from limb. Yeah. Except for one guy who survived. And basically the whole thing is like it tries to get over with the Reavers, the fact that like they are so evil, so sickening that just seeing what they did to everyone else drives this guy mad. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was, insane. was, was like, there ever payoff from that guy in, in, in previous in, in subsequent episodes because i remember towards the end like he had a he had a jacked up face like some stuff happens on him yeah like he jacks himself up in that and like mal ends up killing him at the end but you uh, that's right but you never see it like the camera's like here it's like right at his face yeah that's right it's, like, it's right in there and it's like completely like yeah you see his face is messed up but i'm like dude zoom out zoom out <laughs> if, you're going, if you're going to build up to this let me see the payoff you know what I mean? yeah, like, that, yeah that's the thing i hate about it is like if you're going to do that let me see yeah yeah, yeah. let me see it let me see what the payoff is and like i know you're trying to keep the reavers very like secretive and you still are yeah because like this dude is not technically a reaver it's just the effects of them but if you're mm-hmm. going to set that up let me see what happens <coughs> yeah Honestly, but i wasn't i wasn't a huge fan of that episode no. either I don't think there's any big development, any big payoffs, anything like that for that episode. What, personally. Another thing that stuck out to me in this episode is like, and I, I know that you said we were talking about this a little earlier, but the Chinese, there was a lot more of that this, this episode. And I'm not against Chinese. I'm just going to throw that out there. I just, without context, I, it's it's kind of distracting. And the way that they talk sometimes is very stilted. Like they're, they cut out like um, adverbs and, and stuff like that. It's like very almost choppy. I I understand like the language has probably changed. Um, it's in set like in twenty one fifty or something like that. I understand language has probably changed. Uh, yeah, but I I'm okay with that. Just provide some context as far as how it got to that point, or provide some sort of context. I get I guess for me it was a bit distracting. Yeah, no, I I can totally get that. I can I can absolutely see that as as something that can be very distracting, very you know affect things. Yeah. You know, it's like it's if you're not expecting it, like I watched it back with the subtitles on, just because like I watch stuff with subtitles now. Just cause, yeah, like, I do too. Because when watching the kids, yeah, because you're watching stuff at night and you've got kids, you don't want to wake them up. I'm like, yeah. I can only turn the TV volume so loud, so like yeah. I'll put on the subtitles to make sure I don't miss anything. Yeah. And um, so watching it back is like in realizing like words that I've missed before that I never thought of. I'm like, oh, it was Chinese there. Oh, they went in the Mandarin. Oh okay i didn't realize it was like randomly things thrown in certain places yeah 
And they've made up words that I think stand for other words that I'm probably not going to say. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like it's, it's definitely used in place of the cuss words, or they say stuff which I'm like, I I'm like, is that a cuss word in Mandarin? It's like, or if you like made an amalgamation of a word that's clearly a cuss word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like rudding, I think. <coughs> like R-E-D-D-I-N-G. oh yeah, the same rudding. <laughs> no rudding. Pretty way. sure I know what that stands for, but yeah. Yeah, but she, but then again, like sci-fi stuff, I've always made like cuss yeah. words like that. So like that's. You know, if you watch Battlestar Galactica, they say frat. You watch Farscape, they say frail. You know, it's like it's rudding instead of, you know, other words. It's like, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's a sci fi thing. But, like, I do believe a lot of the Mandarin's probably, you know, cussing as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, so, yeah, we'll move on from that one because I don't think there was much development, really, even no. character wise. We get to hear a little bit about the characters as they get interrogated. But even then, not a lot. Um, the only cool thing I think is when the alliance like catch them and <coughs> interrogate them. Like we see River and Simon like put on suits and basically go outside the Dude, ship that, to hide. I wrote a note. I said that was awesome. That was a really cool. Uh, that was a really cool way out of that situation. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't see it coming the first time I watched it. I thought it was a really kind of out the box thing to do. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah, that. Agreed. And, and I even like the tenseness, like when Mal comes back on the ship when they're looking for the guy, and like, and he just walks, steps into the hallway past the galley, and looks to his right, and you just see River and Simon standing there. Yeah. And like so close to being caught, it's like I yeah. just I that love was it. So cool. It's, it's, it was so well done. I think. I yeah, think that was I agree. Really well done. Um. So yeah, episodes four and five. What were four and five again? Try to remember now. Um, four. I don't. I don't. I just wrote a couple of notes for four. Um, episode five. My first note was Zach Efron! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! So I had to look it up, and it was actually Zach Efron that played a young Simon. So for those of you who did not know that, Zach Efron. I don't know if that was his acting debut, but episode five of Firefly. I did go not check it out. Know that I did not know that I was it was like, Zach man, Efron. I was like, man, that kid looks looks a lot like Zach Efron, and it was him. It was him. And he was really bad in it. <laughs> but he's definitely gotten better. <laughs> um, and this is where I kind of, like, episodes four and five, we can kind of combine them, I guess. Um, but I, this is where I kind of felt like the, the the tone was a little inconsistent for me. I felt like the tone was all over the place. Yeah. Was this, um, was four and five shindig and safe, like the big dance party and then the cattle, or was... Um... Yeah, so episode five, the one that introduced Zac Efron, a young Simon, that was the one with the cattle. Um, because I wrote, <laughs> they were shooting each other with revolvers, what looked like just straight up revolvers, but they were making laser sounds. So I thought that was a nice. <laughs> I thought that was a nice. That's, that's how you get. A, that's how you get a space gun. <laughs> just, just a normal just gun and just put sound a sound effect. And. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, so are they Shind- legitimately shooting each other with revolvers that are making laser sounds? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my... Sorry, I'm pulling up the list in. Oh, okay, so yeah. The so, yeah, so it was Shindig and Safe, which was kind of a two-parter. Um, okay. It's the first time we see, like, a carryover of something. Okay. Like, they pick up the... You know, like, the what they're dropping off at the end of episode four and drop it off in five, and so yeah. they kind of tie into each other. I, um, what I Shindig, was, I will be honest, Shindig is... I watched Serenity first. When I watched this stuff, Serenity was my introduction to the movie. Uh-huh. Um, my friend had gave me it. He wasn't a big fan of it. Sat on my shelf forever. I yeah. tried to watch it once, wasn't taken with it. 
and tried to watch it again and got totally hooked that was my yeah. first introduction first episode i watched i bought the dvds and i put disc one in my dvd player and forgot to take it back out that night i'd went to a friend's house and i thought oh, i'll take firefly with me yeah and we'll watch it because he was intrigued to see it as well yeah. opened it up and disc one was at home oh, um, so okay. disc two was the first one i watched and the first episode of the actual show i watched was shindig this was okay. the first episode of it i ever seen and um, not including the movie itself yeah i know you've written notes it's a bit kind of inconsistent i i love shindig this yeah I, I love this episode i just I yeah think it's, i just think it's so fun it's it's so out there shindig is. is the one basically they land back on persephone the planet they were in the first episode mm, okay um, and basically badger like grabs reynolds and and jane to talk business badger's that badger's the irish dude right yeah badger's the guy yeah, in the yeah. bowler hat yeah that's right yeah and um, so like he grabs malcolm and jane and basically talks to them about uh, something he's got the guy who wants to move stuff off world but basically he's not reputable enough yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he's thinking you might be able to kind of you know wing your way into this and mm-hmm. um, and this is also the big thing with we start seeing a bit more of malin and nara um, and uh, more hints there's been hints in previous episodes that the two of them are like are always bickering but they actually do like each other so that was one part of the episode that i really did like is when they were dancing and they were kind of having their tit for tat i thought the 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 character development there was really good um yeah because one of my one of the notes that i wrote because i i made my wife watch a couple of these episodes with me she was like dude where's the romance um and this like she was watching this episode and it finally started to kind of show through uh some of bravado so yeah yeah, i thought that was really good because there's been nothing but constant back and forth between them at this point really it's like they're it's almost like they don't like each other he's constantly called her you know he's constantly called her a whore he's constantly yeah. basically said that that's all she is companions nothing more than that you know she's basically a prostitute um which you know it's like it's she kind of is but kind of isn't yeah i talked with my wife about it and it's like i think the closest thing we came to was what she is as a companion is like a geisha from mm-hmm. japanese culture okay it's like they they're basically yes there is a prostitute side of things but there's also this whole cultural experience to it as well there's all this other stuff they have to be a lady of learning they have to have all this stuff to them as well it's not yeah. just as simple as sex yeah um which of course mal kind of being more of the border planets guy more of the rough around the edges basically like yeah you sleep with people for money yeah you're a prostitute i don't care how you you gussy it up it's you're mm-hmm. a prostitute yeah um so they've always kind of been at each other's throats but there's been hints that they kind of do like each other but they never mm-hmm. quite delve into it a lot it's like I felt like we'd have seen this slow burn a lot better over multiple seasons if they'd gotten the chance. Yeah. Um, obviously, with the season in the movie, we don't get to see that, um, but we see a good little bit of that development here. Um, I thought one, another... One of, my, one of my favorite lines... Sorry to cut you off. No, but, go ahead. No, go um, ahead. Is the line when... Okay, to throw out some stuff there, basically, he ends up at the party to meet this contact. It's the same party where her and the guy who's hired her for the night are. Mm-hmm. Um, they do their dancing and stuff like that, and he basically does not like this guy that she's with and ends up hooking him which on that yeah. planet counts as a challenge to a duel by swords yeah yeah and he's put up in accommodations for the night so that he doesn't run away yep and uh, she comes in to train him and it's like and he's basically making fun of the guy again and she starts trying to teach him sword play and he says oh did they teach you that in horror academy and he's like yeah. and she goes like that like you 
basically go after this guy to defend my honor apparently but then you yeah. call me a whore in the very next breath he says and he says like i may not respect what you do but he disrespected you that's the difference yeah and i i adore yeah that was that really cool. line i totally like, missed that one he's like he's i adore that line from mal because like that right there's a the difference like he has all the respect of the world for anara he actually adores this woman yeah but he does not like what she does and mm -hmm. he has no respect for what she does yeah but that doesn't mean he looks down on her and that's why he had an issue with atherton the guy she was with because he didn't respect her yeah like as a person he saw her as a piece of property and i'm like oh that just that one line was like yeah it just, that was it really just cool. so gets you in mal's corner for that upcoming yeah. jewels like that yeah you need to take him down a peg absolutely yeah. i adore it i thought another uh so another one was kaylee you know when she was wearing the dress and she was with that group of guys <laughs> and she was talking to them uh, sorry, I thought, sorry before we go into that can we just talk about kaylee in the big pink dress it looks like it's a toilet roll cover from your yeah. grandma's house yeah that was hilarious you know i mean like, she absolutely adored that dress and i'm like i love it i love but kaylee I I thought it was a really yeah she's probably one of my favorite characters because i feel like she's still like feminine but she's really good at being a mechanic and she just knows her stuff and i f i just feel like that's a really cool way to write that character yeah and when she's like going off about mechanic stuff and the group of guys and they're like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah it's like all the guys i thought that was really cool like, yeah, first the women try to put her down, and one guy saves her, and then we go back to like the five, ten guys, like all surrounding her, all talking about engines and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I shit. thought that was that's so realistic. And like, she, that and would she's really one hundred percent schooling them as well. They're trying to defend yeah. things, and she's like, no, that's that doesn't work like that. That's just how they should really go. Yeah, uh, it's it's so well done. I love Kaylee. Yeah, I thought it was really good. She's amazing. The the one member of the Firefly cast I got to meet in person, and it was absolutely worth it to meet her. Jules yeah. is so awesome. Um, so. I'll say on um, one of the, a couple a couple of notes from uh, episode five. I, I was getting a strong Walking Dead vibe from the cinematography, the way that the camera was moving. It's a lot of shaky cam type stuff, a lot of like handheld cam stuff, which is not necessarily a bad thing, um, mm. but just yeah. something I thought I'd, I'd point out. Um, I feel like, all right, and and this is echoed in a couple of the episodes later on. I feel like joss whedon might have uh a like a personal gripe with christianity um because i i feel like just the way that he introduced like that crazy christian cult uh, in the in the episode five and then also the conversation that shepherd and um what's her face on oh, river yeah river had yeah. later on i'm like yeah I, I i mean i get where you're coming from but i i feel like like I don't know. I feel like he has a very personal, like there's something very personal he has against it. Yeah. There's, I think there's definite things for that. Like this one is, the one in this, I, you can chalk it up to being like a backwater town, but there's definitely a little thing towards Christianity, I think. Um, which is understandable. A lot of people, you know, who are in that sort of business have had, you know, bad experiences with the church, with, you know, with Christians and stuff. And, you know, unfortunately that happens. One one thing I will say though, like, because my wife writes, she writes, she's written screenplay um, and stuff like that, and she's also a Christian, obviously. Um, one thing she says is people who aren't who are who don't come from that background or, or aren't familiar with Christianity in general, like, are really bad at writing Christian characters. Oh yeah. And I think this is a really good example of that. 
Like there are some people, uh, there are some movies and, and, and TV episodes, I can't think of one offhand, but I know there are some because I've seen them, where not necessarily coming from a Christian perspective, but they're characters that, that are written very, very well and realistically. Like, yeah, they're going to have flaws and they're going to have faults and stuff like that. But, at, you know, in the end, you know, they're striving for a specific goal um, coming from a Christian perspective. And I feel like Josh really um, see, struggles, I think struggles with that. See, I think there's definitely moments like that where it's definitely, you know, is looked down upon. Obviously, you get the mad, you know, cult mm. that thinks she's a witch yeah. and stuff, which, you know, we actually found out later, which, you know, spoilers for the future, by the way, like um, that River's actually uh, got psychic tendencies. Mm, that's okay. one of the reasons she's getting experimented on so that's why yeah. she can read the girl's thoughts i know it's kind of uh, okay. people start to kind of probably pick it up from there like maybe she's got something going on but yeah and um, they do go into that a little bit and um, the stuff with the bible like when you know river starts crossing stuff out is like i kind of like the conversation that comes out of it mm-hmm. like i like it towards the end i get it like yeah, i like, got what they were like trying she's, to get because you're looking at a girl who's very much like her head's all over the place but like Simon obviously hints in episode one like he's a genius level intellect and what is it he says like his sister makes him look like an idiot yeah like, with her intellect she's trying to analyze this through everything that she can possibly think of yeah you know and I love Shepard kind of saying like it's it doesn't always work like that sometimes it is just about faith you yeah know, and don't I change, you don't fix faith faith fixes you yeah and I get that but I've, I kind of felt like that whole interaction with her and him was kind of like what, you know, towards the beginning, it was like they punched you in the face, and then they kind of picked you up and dusted you off and said, see, it's okay. I felt, see, <laughs> the only reason I felt like that a little bit as well is because they don't expand upon it. Yeah. Like, literally, I felt like that conversation could have went further and we could have had something deep here, like on the religious terms of stuff. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, I felt like... Because felt one like... thing that, you, that people don't realize as well, if you go back to episode one, there's definitely religious tones in it. Yeah. Episode one, Mal has actually got a cross around his neck. Mm-hmm. you see him holding a cross and you even see him kiss it yeah and then when we get to serenity like when he brings his shepherd on board he's totally against him mm-hmm. it's like there's a whole religious co- um, like connotation to firefly like at least in mal's story of the man who was completely of faith that lost faith because of what happened in serenity yeah. valley yeah and um, so like i thought there's an opportunity to explore that a little bit here or at least open that door with river and yeah. And with Shepard, unfortunately, it kind of gets the door slammed on it because she runs in and Shepard's like doing his hair and unties it and it goes like, you know, Don King all over the place. Yeah. And she runs away and it becomes like more about that and it totally takes away from it. I'm like, no, there was actually a really good conversation that was about to come from this here. Yeah, I I just felt like, um, and I agree with you 100%, like I felt like there could have been some really good conversations. I, I just felt like what she was saying like it was very targeted it was a very specific critique of christianity in general and then the resolution of that was a very like oh it's just faith you just got to believe it and i was like yeah i i understand that and i I get where i get where you're coming from from that but i felt like like you said i felt like that there could have been a a a much better conversation and dialogue in in that scene especially coming from and I know she's like hardcore, like super intelligent, but especially coming from a pastor's perspective well, yeah, um, like and Shepard, like he could have, like, I, th- I think they could have done a better job with him in that. Yeah. Cause I think that's the thing. It's like, it almost showed that the two can't mesh and I'm like, you could have easily shown like the two could have had a conversation. She's hyper intelligent. Like, yeah, Shepard's not exactly that level of intellect, but he's not a dummy. Yeah. They always exactly. played it as like, as like, oh, she's a super intelligent, but he has his faith. And I'm like, 
No, like if you watch other episodes, Shepard's a a pretty bright guy. He's very intelligent. Yeah, I and mean, basically, basically, my my thing is they were basically saying everything that she was saying was correct, but he was also correct in that faith is the key, which that was kind of like for me, it was like that was just like a that's like a freshman band-aid yeah. over it you know i don't know but you also get, i just didn't set right with me yeah but the thing for that is as well you also kind of get the it's also a case of like a christian trying to basically describe your christian stance on something like this you know if you're not yeah. a christian you can't really give a response to stuff like that you yeah. know how do you respond to someone that comes with a higher intellect with a you know genius intellect asking these questions like well if you don't know it you can't respond to it yeah that makes so sense. there's there's definitely good elements to it and but yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to kind of wrap up that one with them, um, they drop off the cattle, and River goes. Simon gets kidnapped by Hillfolk, and because he's a doctor, and they want a doctor, so River goes with them, and they catch her as well. And during the dealings, when they're unloading the cattle, which they picked up in Shindig, that was the thing to drop off was a bunch of cows. And a shootout starts, and Shepherd gets shot. Yeah. So they have to leave because they, they can't go hunting for Simon and he needs like medical care immediately. Mm-hmm. So they leave and they go and they get him care, which we talked about. You know, he gets his ID card scanned when the Alliance won't take him on board and then rush him in. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of gets them thinking, like, what kind of ID card gets, like, you know, red carpet treatment from the yeah. Alliance from a shepherd, mm-hmm. from a holy man? Like, that's not someone they would rush in. Yeah. Um. So we get another big hint at like what's going on with his past. Um. On the other side of it, River basically reads the mind pretty much of a mute girl who won't talk and finds out her backstory. This woman who was helping the doctor. Hey, hey Bat. Good to have you, man. Yeah. No, don't worry. We're still talking. We're 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 still got a good few episodes to talk about. Yeah, we're on episode five, getting ready to get into six. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's like, so yeah, like she gets um, taken on as a witch, mm-hmm. um, and they go to burn her at the stake because you know that's what you do in the fifty first century when you're you know a small town you, you burn people as witches because why not? Yeah. Um. So they go to do that, and I I absolutely adore this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. It's like when that. They're about to burn her. Simon can't get oh, her down, so yes. he stands up next to her, and then out of nowhere, Serenity just flies overhead. Just flies overhead. Shuttles op- doors open. Jane's standing there with a shotgun, and Mal and Zoe just walk off. It's like looks like we got here just in time. What does that make? Is like big damn heroes, boss. Ain't we yeah. just? I love it, and I absolutely adore the line. One of my favorite lines from Mal as well, along with the one that he says to Nara and Shindig. This is one of my favorites when they stand up on next to them. It says, "Cut her down." It's like that. She's a witch. And she's gonna be burned at a stake, and he says, "Yeah, but she's our witch. Cut her yeah. the hell down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I love that, and I'm like, well, that's kind of like one of the um, one of the lines that Mal says later on. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Somebody double-crossed him who was on the crew i can't remember the specifics he said why would you why would you save me or why would you uh take me back or something like that he's like you're on my crew but you're part of my crew yeah that's like but i did this that's you're part of my crew though yeah that's literally the conversation he has with simon after it simon comes and yeah yeah, that's right and he says like 
why did you come back for us? That's that's right. That's right. And he's like, you're part of my crew. He says, but you don't even like me. And he's like, but you're part, but of, you're my part of my crew. Why are we Chows still having 10. this discussion? <laughs> Chows why, and 10. Yeah, it's like, why are we still having this discussion? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Up. It's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not even a thing in his head. It's like, no, you're part of my crew and we don't leave anyone behind. Yeah, that was the type of stuff that makes me like him as a character, uh, like a lot more. Like, you can see, like, there's layers to him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he has that just excuse my french but a butthole demeanor about him from from the first episode but then like as you get further into the season you can see like you know that's just that that's just the flair that he's throwing up yeah. to not let people get close basically Final of the episode you, you mentioned there that's your favorite so far episode eight is i think when you really see that difference in his character yeah like i think that portrays that kind of like angry captain side of him but you yeah. understand why he does that sometimes yeah you know, you get to see, like, no, he has to be like that sometimes. He has to focus on that. Yeah. But he, he 100% adores his crew and is uh, completely loyal to them. Yeah, I love it. You know, so it's like, it's, it, I love it. I love that ending of that episode. It's just beautiful. Uh, by the time you really fall in love with the show, it'll be time for the season to end. <laughs> you ever, like, can't wait for season two. Oops, not going to happen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You'll fall in love with these characters by the end of it. And it's like, yep, all done. So I think we've kind of touched on episode six and seven. So episode six was the one where uh, the chick seduces the entire crew of Serenity. Yeah, episode apparently. six we talked about a little bit at the start, <laughs> and that's when we get Saffron. If that's really yeah, her that's name, yeah, right, that's right. If that's really yeah. her name, as we find out, you know, it's like it's she makes up names, she does different stuff. Yeah, she's wed off. They help. I, that's still like one of my favorite bits of the start of that episode. Yeah, <laughs> every time I've seen that opening, I don't know how many times, and it still makes me laugh. The horse and cart pulling through the water. Oh yeah. Jane's sitting there and he says, oh, "They say they want these women and like that." Said, I married a mighty ugly creature, and he yeah. lifts up the bonnet and it's Mal. How dare you? <laughs> like, how dare you? How can you shame me in front of good people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. The guy goes for his gun. And he's like, "I swear with my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you." <laughs> One of my favorite lines ever in Serenity, and I've never had a chance to use it. I want a chance to use that in conversation somewhere. But like, as oh, I love that opening scene. Then they obviously they celebrate, they get whatever they get, and they sell off one of their women as his wife. He gets married unbeknowingly. Yeah, and she stows away on board. She keeps trying to be very wifely. Yeah, but to a creepy level, almost like you see some of the other ones. Mostly, let's put it as we see most of the other women kind of going like, why is she acting like that? Yeah, most of the other guys are going. Yeah, it looks not bad. The, the interaction between Saffron and Wash and Zoe was hilarious. Oh I did yeah, like that. the dinner table. Yeah, that's but I, I think I think so. This episode is a good example of what I was talking about earlier regarding tone. Mm. I think I think some of the episodes within themselves I think have a tone consistency problem, but I think the show overall has a bit of one. Like for instance, I think this episode was just a comedic episode. And as opposed to being, I think this series once is trying to set the tone that it's a dramatic TV series with pops of comedy here and there. When when I think in this, in essence, this episode, I think I felt just was like a comedy. Yeah, yeah they did try to do a lot more comedic elements. In this. And I will be yeah. honest, there are certain bits that don't work. Like I think I already said to you before, like the bit I hate in this, and it happens not just this episode, but it happens in others. Excuse me, it's the bit where Inara goes to find Mal and finds him and that he's unconscious she kisses him and realizes yeah. that he got knocked out yeah and then it's like her trying to not like let people know what happened to her because she doesn't yeah. want to admit she kissed him which i'm like okay fair enough build that up and she's like, she's like oh yeah i fell and hit my head 
<laughs> that was it. Say it once. Yeah, not like that. 48 times. She repeats that again while she's down there, but she says it in such a... I just, I just hit my head as well. She says it in such yeah. a weird, over-the-top way. Yeah. And then, like, when they're up at the... Trying to fix Serenity after she's busted it up, she, he says it again like that. She's had, like, professional training, and Simon goes, like, what, you mean the goodnight kiss? Like, the stuff you put on her lips to put it Mal. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I, I, I fell as all, but Mal, Mal had that done to him. And it's like... <laughs> It's like Joss, go sit in the corner. You're done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like, go that's, sit this, in the corner. It's like it's. This is one of the episodes where I didn't know that he had written. I think he, yeah, he wrote it. I don't know if he directed, but I think I know he wrote it. Um, I had to go back. <laughs> Even and I was question like, that, like, he at least wrote part of it. Some of it is like, yeah, yeah. it's definitely Joss Whedon. <laughs> he at least had a hand in it because I went back after the fact. And I was like, I got to see if this is Josh because I I did not like this episode and it was and I was like, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I think some of it is some of it does come across well. I think some of it does come across funny. Like I adore the part when he like he steps out of like he's um where is he? I think he steps out the galley and like and Jane's standing there with his gun. And Jane goes into this big tirade of like how he got this gun and like he killed the man. The best of them carried this one. This is my absolute yeah. favourite gun. And yeah. then hands it towards him. It's like Are you offering me a freaking trade? It's a trade? This is a steal. <laughs> I said that she's got a name. So does she. She's called Vera. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get what was happening at first, but at the end, I was like, oh, okay, he wants the girl. Got it. <laughs> he tried to trade for his wife, and I'm like, I love it. Yeah, that was pretty it's funny. Like, I do love Jane, though. It's like Jane's, Jane's a phenomenal character. He's such an yeah, idiot, but he's amazing. Yeah, I, I think he's funny. He's perfectly suited for the role. Adam Baldwin does well. Um, I did I was, not know that was a Baldwin until my wife said something. I was he's like, not, oh, he's actually not related to the Baldwins. Really? Oh, he's not okay. related to them. He just has the same last name. Because I thought that at first as well. I thought he was one of the Baldwin brothers. Because I was like, he looks like none of them. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's not related. He just has the exact same last name. He oh. just happens to be a famous acting family. That makes sense. I, I say famous acting family. One of them's famous. The others have pretended to act. Got it. That makes sense. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, I was like no, he, he does not look like a Baldwin. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And he, he hasn't, you know. But, um, yeah. Alright, so but episode, yeah, so like obviously so that one ends. Six. Like they sabotage the ship, they manage to get out of it, he catches her and basically decks her out. Um Yeah. At the end we get the hint that Saffron does this, she plays people, that's all anyone does, so she's basically yeah. a grifter. I thought um, the way that they got past that um capture ship with the net was oh, awesome. Bat, sorry, that was so jump cool. in. But um we are we're affiliates now. We officially got the word this morning. We are Twitch affiliates, we can take yeah. um subs and we can take bits now we can take all that fun stuff and bob thracer who's in the chat and um, was our first sub to the channel and um, so he won our giveaway and um, but yeah we're affiliate now we made it no longer road to affiliate sorry i cut you off there today just wanted to jump no 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 worries was there i was gonna say I, I think the way that they got out of the that ship capturing them with that net at the end i thought that was so cool oh yeah with the gun um, with vera inside the spacesuit. yeah that was so awesome yeah because like, even like the way that they use sound in that in that just in that oh. one scene where like they didn't because they're you're in space so there's no like sound doesn't carry it's the so one that, sci-fi show i've seen that really does that and i love it dude it was awesome because like you saw the flash of the muzzle but you didn't hear anything and then you saw the explosion of the thing but you didn't hear anything and you saw the people get sucked out a <laughs> window but you didn't hear anything that's oh. awesome it's one of the same reasons same reasons i love um, I can't remember which one it was. Is it Return of the Jedi? I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but the one part of that movie where it's just brilliant is when the that female captain who basically tells everybody to leave the ship and she takes that ship 
light speed through a destroyer mm. and just the sound that the absence of sound rather is just that's my favorite part probably in any star wars movie i love that so i, I like when people i like when oh, they you mean the sound. um you mean the last jedi not return of the, the last jedi, jedi. Yeah, yeah the last jedi i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like it when, and I, this is a note for episode eight, but I like it when they actually deal with the reality. Oh, thank you, of, Bat, for those 65 bits. Absolutely appreciate Shit, it, bro. Man. Thank you so much. I like when they deal with the realities of their actual surroundings. Like, for instance, I'm a huge fan of James Cameron, the movie Abyss. Mm. And they, when they deal with the effects of being that far underwater and what that actually means and the realities of that, same thing with with people or with movies in space. Um, I, I like when they actually deal with the reality of like, yeah, you're in space. This could happen in space. Like if your ship breaks down, you will all suffocate <laughs> yeah. type thing. I, I love that type of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's done really well. And we'll definitely get to um, episode eight out of gas. Definitely one of my favorites of the season. Yeah. Um, one of my other favorites though, like watching these two back to back was just like a joy to watch. Episode seven and eight. I love episode seven, Janestown. Yeah, that was good. When they when they arrive in Canton, and Jane had pulled a job there and was terrified that you know he would get caught by the magistrate, and then they see the statue of Jane <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the mother village, and it's like, oh my goodness. I thought it was cool, like, the character development for him, because he's a very surface-level type person, mm -hmm. just in general. Yeah. Uh, but towards the end, you could see that, like, he, he does have a heart. <laughs> yeah, it was a good deep dive for him, because we almost like, yeah. get to Canton, and they've got, like, folk songs and all this stuff, and then, like, he yeah, gets found out, hilarious. a kid sees him, and he starts celebrating, and even, like, the next day, he starts saying it to Mal, like, should we really be using my family, like, you know, to, to swindle these people, to, you know? Yeah. And Mal's like, are you Okay. Like, where's Jane gone? You know, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> it's like, it's like Jane wouldn't have thought sit twice about it, but like, it really gets him. And then we also get a bit more of the backstory, like, kind of just like reinforcing what Jane is. And it's like, he is all about the money, he's all about the cash. Yeah. You know, and like, he became the folk hero because he dumped cash in the middle of Mother Central, but that was mm -hmm. only to keep his ship going. Yeah. And he only did that after he dumped his partner out. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it gives you that thing of like, like he's American. You're like, is that going to come back and bite him? Is that going to come up at some point? Because, like, yeah. he's... You know, even in the first episode, the lawman tried to, like, <laughs> buy him off and stuff like that, and he's like, well, it wasn't enough money. And Mel says, what happens when it is? Yeah, yeah, I love that line. Like, like yeah, I like that, that there's a tension there that they keep, like, touching on that I really like, because you never know if, he, if he's going to be in a position where he's going to turn on him. Yeah, it's definitely a really cool sort of tension they build there. You kind of get an idea of the sort of man he is. Mm -hmm. And you already know he's not really a reputable sort of guy, but it really yeah. hints at that. But I just absolutely adore Jamestown, just the whole story with the magistrate and this whole story of, like, he's this big hero there and yeah, that the truth of it kind of starting to come out. But, you know, and then obviously at the end, the kid jumps in front of him to save him from the shotgun blast. Mm -hmm. You know, when Jane even kind of has to deal with that himself, he's like, I, I still don't get why he did it. Yeah. Why? Yeah, and that's the part when he's sitting down talking to Captain Reynolds uh, or Mal at the end. Yeah, he's like, I don't understand why he did it. Yeah, he was like super like affected by it. Yeah, it's like it really happened. Like I don't get it. And like even before he left there, like saying to them, it's like you know, it's like you can't wait for someone to come and save you. Yeah, there aren't people like that that are going to drop big bags of money. They're just people like me. Yeah, and pushes over the statue, and it's like, and then he even says that they're probably just putting that statue right back up. Yeah. It's like they're probably still doing it, and it's like, 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting deep dive into Jane that you don't expect. Like, you know, especially from where his character's been so far in the season, you just don't expect it to go into that road. And it's it's really well done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favourite episodes. I absolutely adore that one as well. I just I think I think that one's handled really well. I think it's written well. There's good elements of comedy to it. Mm-hmm. And because you obviously get stuff going on like with um, Kaylee and Simon really hinting at you know wanting to yeah. be with each other and you know it's like I even love the bit when they're drinking that night and Mal says to get back to the ship and she basically gets rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> tells She's them like, to go you're away. not coming to the ship. It's like it's <laughs> going really well. <laughs> go home. Oh yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. It's like it's going well. It's like you guys just stay out here and look for it. look after Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. I love stuff like that, and then obviously we get the side story with Anara that only plays into it, which actually brings up some interesting questions. It's one of the few things with her as a companion I really enjoy, and because we see some of the people she sleeps with, and obviously she's and there to be with the magistrate's son, and who's a twenty-six-year-old virgin, which yeah, I, I love the fact that's getting pushed down on him. I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, and um, she's the one who says that. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I love that message. Though. I was like, there ain't nothing wrong with that, and he's lying there after they've had sex, and um, he's basically like, I thought I'd feel different. Yeah, shouldn't I be a man now? And I'm like, I don't, I don't totally agree with her wording of what she hints at. I like, a man is just a boy who's old enough to ask that question. Yeah, all right. So I, I wrote that in quotes. I was like, that was a really good episode, but I felt like that was not a great line. A no. man is just a boy who's old enough to ask if he's a man. I don't understand how that makes sense. <laughs> no. I'm like, I I agree with what she's trying to get across. The wording was definitely not right for that. Yeah. It's um, like saying a piece of cheese is an orange item that's cheese. That doesn't make sense. That's like yeah. circular reasoning. <laughs> Do you know what it makes me think of, though? It sounds like a... I know I think got any a sexist thing here, but it sounds like a line of like a woman trying to basically describe what a man's to be. Like it's a woman's never going to fully understand how a man's mind works. A man's never going to fully understand how a woman's mind works. They're two totally yeah. different things. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a line that you would expect her to say, but like what she's trying to get across, though, I do agree with. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact of like that. It's like yeah, you've had sex. That doesn't make you a man. Yeah. 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 Having sex, don't have sex. That doesn't affect if you're a man or not. It's like being a man is like is a being a different sort of person you know paul says it in the bible you know it's like when i was young i acted like a child i thought mm-hmm. like a child and when i grew up i put away childish things yeah contrary to what people believe i don't believe that's putting away toys and comic books and all that sort of stuff i believe that's yeah. putting away certain attitudes and behaviors and stepping up and becoming a man it's like it's something that happens within you you can go your whole life without having sex and yeah you know it's like you bedded a woman that don't make you a man you know, there's plenty. Yeah. Of, there's plenty of people out there that are buried women. I'm like that. You are definitely not acting like what a man should be acting like. Yeah, I agree. You're definitely not carrying yourself with, you know, how a man should carry himself with honor, respect, and treating others with honor, dignity, and respect. You know, it's like. Yeah, and I think they pay off that conversation with his action at the end of the show. Yeah, and I love the way they pay that off. Like, he's like, I, basically, he takes it as, "Am I going to live under my father's boot for the rest of my life?" And yeah, like, exactly. And he even says that to him, "You wanted me to be a man. I guess I am one now." Yeah, and it's like, I I love that. I love the payoff for it. I think it's really well done. It's, I mean, a lot of her companion sort of meetups don't really go anywhere, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like that one's a really strong one. And then obviously that helps towards that little plot point of like, oh, they'd landlocked the ship. Yeah, and he's the one that takes it off and basically goes against his dad. I'm like, it's, I th- I think it's beautifully done. It's a really yeah. fun episode. I, it's, it's I love that, and I love episode eight out of gas, but I love them for totally different reasons. Um, yeah so yeah 
episode eight is by far my favorite episode yeah so i'm going to throw over to you to start on episode eight because you keep saying this one this is your favorite so far that you've been enjoying it so go on take us into it. what do you like about it what's so i i like one? i like unconventional narratives so I, th- I thought the way that they approached this episode with three separate timelines mm-hmm. and flashing back and forth between all three while also simultaneously building character or doing having character development for all of the characters that you, you love and know already uh, and establishing real stakes. Mm-hmm. I thought every single one of those those aspects was handled like not maybe not perfect, but I thought it was handled really well. Yeah, pretty down they, close to perfect. Yeah, it's, like it's they dealt really with well. They dealt with the realities of being in space. Um, they dealt with uh, characters' backstories coming in, understanding where characters were coming from. Alan Tudyk with a mustache is freaking hilarious. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. I love that the mustache. mustache fantastic. <laughs> um, I just, I just really loved the the flow of the story. Um, let me see. Yeah, I, I put real stakes. I, I I felt like there's there's been stakes in, in previous episodes and stuff like that, but when you start out with um, Mal basically dying on the floor, yeah, that's the start of the episode, dude. Like I was hooked immediately because I wrote I was like starts out fantastic. That was my first note, and I was drawn in from the very from the very beginning of the episode. I thought the episode was just really good. Yeah, it's it's done really well. I think that's the thing. Thanks, Bat. Well, thank you, Bat. Appreciate a thousand it, man. bits. Thank you for those bits, man. That's absolutely appreciated, dude. We really appreciate it. And it's awesome to say that we can get bits and subs now. I love saying that. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for those that have, um, that have thrown bits our way that are cheering for the stream. And thank you for um, Bob for subbing as well. I just want to say that quickly, guys. We appreciate it. We really do. Yeah, I really appreciate the support. It means a lot. Um, but uh, what I was saying was yeah. earlier, like tone wise, I think this is the type of sci-fi that I am down for mm-hmm. like like forever <laughs> like I like I like it when the sci-fi I like my sci-fi when it's taken like just a little bit in more of the dramatic like direction not that I don't like humor in, in my sci-fi obviously I love that but I like slightly more like dramatic tension type stuff oh, um, yeah. absolutely and I think this episode does it really well it does a great yeah. job of like you said raising the stakes from the get-go you know Mal shot what happened and I legitimately thought he was going to die in the episode like I was like dude they're going to kill him in this episode there's and no way there's a legitimate thing of like he's going to die there is no way he's making it like is he yeah because you see him crawling around the ship trying to get this piece into the engine and then he drops it and then he has to try and refit it again and it's like like he ain't going to make it yeah he, he ain't going to make this no I, uh, yeah I legitimately thought he was going to die I was like I don't know what they're going to do I thought he was in Serenity the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like it's, it's done really well and you get to see how they get to that point with the ship breaking and they intersperse that so well like it's it's really good like i love the fact that the show drops it right in with the characters but then yeah. they take this one to like go back and show you well this is how they got the ship like even him finding serenity i love that voiceover at the start yeah <clears throat> you thought he was guy, talking about serenity but he was talking about a different ship he's talking about a ship and, yeah. and mal just saw serenity and he's like that's it that's that's my boat that's what i got although i do love him taking zoe on board what do you think of it it's like that yeah i think you were robbed and i said a ship like this will be with you to the day you die because it's a death trap sir yeah <laughs> and he's like once we get it running she's like it's not running <laughs> so it's not running no not yeah. so much <laughs> yeah yeah that was funny and the whole thing with Ky- uh, Kaylee, like how she got this the ship to run, oh, yeah, like I thought like, that was brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah you don't like, need this. <laughs> I love that as well. It's like, because you know, Kaylee's not even hired. They hired a mechanic who they're stuck on this rock with, who 
ends up sleeping and having sex with Kaylee in the engine room and he's like is there a problem with your bunk it's like oh she likes engines that get her hot yeah yeah and then she's like uh, he's kind of like well we can't fix this and I'm like oh that's not your problem like what yeah oh you just need to do this actually take this out and connect this here and connect that and you, you you got experience with ships like this yeah never been up in one do you so wanna you, like <laughs> without saying it like it hints that she's just like got insane brains for just anything mechanical yeah and that's it's just super cool the way they do that yeah. well she says that even like in the episode like when she's got the broken piece mm-hmm. and mal's asking her to fix it she's like you know it's like serenity usually tells me when there's something wrong maybe i wasn't yeah. listening like she just it's almost like she communes with us yeah like she just yes is i love in touch that with it she just loves she knows how to speak to machines and, how and it's not forced it's not like jam down your throat like yeah i'm a woman and i'm better at mechanic than any guy on the show it's yeah. not like they do that they just they just make her a good mechanic yeah like, i love just, that i love i love that the show turns things on its head like that like it's yeah. you know it's got like her as the mechanic it's got you know even like the way it portrays women sometimes i really do enjoy like even the relationship between zoe and wash mm-hmm. you know wash is by no means the sort of macho sort of guy but she's like the fighter she's the warrior she's but she is she's way more like, yeah, like she's a masculine total warrior woman and he's completely not what you would say is a masculine guy not that he's not a man but he's not yeah. the usual macho sort of guy i love the way that they flip those things and they turn them and it's like because think this is back in 2001 that stuff yeah. wasn't really been done back then well, and but at the same time though, with a Zoe and Wash, they don't they don't do it to his detriment. Like they don't oh, make no, him look no, like no. a buffoon. Absolutely like, that's not. That's just how he's... he is, and it's accepted, and it's okay. Yeah, he's an amazing character, and he's got yeah. his own race, and it's like that's not one of his strengths. But you know what? He's got amazing other strengths. He's the yeah. best pilot out there, and even in this episode, they build that up. Like, I love that thing as well. Like when he's introduced, and Zoe's like, I don't like him. Yeah, yeah. I don't like him. It's like, wait, but this guy's after him. This guy's been trying to get him on his crew for a month. This guy's wanting him here. It's like, we're not saying no to this guy. Like, so it builds up how good Wash is at his job. And it also builds up that interesting thing of like that. She didn't like him, but clearly the looks that Wash was giving her, like, he clearly liked her for the get go. Yeah. Um, it's like it's just it's a really well done episode it's, even the way it's done even the tension of like when he sends him away you get to see that build up of Inara and Mal as well talking to each other she doesn't want him to stay there doesn't yeah, want to be so abandoned um, when a ship gets damaged it's because something blows and there's a fire I love the way that they get rid of the fire like he yes, opens up the, that was awesome he opens up the cargo bay doors to let the fire rush out into space and that was that's what I'm saying like when they're dealing with the realities like dude you are in a floating piece of metal that it has encapsulated air within it it's mm-hmm. pressurized yeah like if if something happens to any one of those things like you are dead <laughs> yeah and i love it it's done so well but like i love yeah. the way they get rid of that and then i love the way like zoe's injured and i love that we get to see miles flip on we've been getting to see the good captain for a little bit but we get to see yes. a hard I sort of side that. of him like he's like washes like his wife said it's like i'm not going there and it's like mal like literally grabs him slamming him against the medical door like you need to get up there like i and it's that thing of like mal doesn't say it out loud but you're like i understand your wife's heart exactly well, i understand and, but i'm trying to save the rest of us well yeah and part of it like it's it's an unsaid thing and maybe this is just in my mind part of it's like dude you this is not a good idea for you to be here like you yeah. need to get out of here type thing yeah. that's what I, I felt like mal was saying that's a watch like dude you need to get out of here you need to go do your job and get your mind off your wife for a minute because yeah. it's, you're not going to do any good in here well, I, the way I always took it was I seen it as a fact of like if there's anyone else in that room that's just broke up about that is Wash, it's Mal. Mal's like mm-hmm. known as away forever. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And he's like, but this ship is damaged. 
I don't know what's going on. Like that's why he sends Kelly to the engine room. Like I need you to go and get the computers up and running. Yeah. Because if we don't fix this, we're dead. Yeah. It's like I know your wife's heart. Let the doctor do his job. If you sit here, you're doing nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> and I love the way it's that... like it just does a good job of setting tension from the like very first frame. Yeah. It's just so good. I love the way that they do that, and then I love like even at the end, like he, you know, he gets the ship fixed and stuff after he gets, you know, hoodwinked by the other guys who gave him the part and then try to take the ship. Mm. Which I love the fact he fends him off the boat with a gut wound. Yeah. <laughs> hand. He had the yeah. gun hidden in the cargo bay, and he like fends him off the boat, and yeah, and then goes and puts the thing in, but he doesn't call the ships back. The shuttles come back because Zoe makes them turn around. Well, and one thing that he's Mal says to the guys when they're, as they're going leaving the boat, and dude was like, "You would have done the same thing," and he was like, "Well, obviously, you can see that I haven't." Yeah, so like, it, it just it, that's another like just a line of dialogue that pushes character development uh, at the same time of establishing like dialogue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, absolutely, my favorite character in the whole thing is Mal. Just every yeah. every episode so you get good. something to his character even if it's just something little that's like yeah you're i love you you're amazing well and even at the end when he's in the hospital bed and everybody's in, the, in that room or he's oh, in the infirmary bed scene. and everybody's in the room and at the end he's like you guys are going to be here when i wake up right <laughs> yeah, like it's I okay like I, I love the fact that they are okay with showing like having showing vulnerability in him a little bit mm-hmm. like because i felt like they weren't going to do that they were just going to have this huge vibrato this han solo that's why like i said he, he wasn't super likable in the first episode but i'm glad that they're like showing that that side of him yeah i mean it's like it's just it's phenomenally done and in my opinion knowing what comes it's like it only gets better from here yeah and like, yeah i'm excited i actually got excited and watched episode nine uh, because I got so excited about episode eight, so oh nice! I'm, I'm like I'm like one episode ahead of where we're at. <laughs> awesome! Well, there you go. You're getting to what jumping ahead. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would go into episode nine since you've already watched it, but we're pretty much at our mark, so I don't want to delve any yeah. further. Um, next month, I think maybe we'll try and do Cosmic and the Cross Part Two for Firefly and go Absolutely. through. Absolutely, I thought this went well. Yeah, I think this has gone well. Em, let us know if you thought this went well in the chat and stuff. Um, but yeah, we're probably going to wrap up round about here. And this has gone pretty well, I think. You yeah, know, I agree. 100%. This is definitely something we can look at doing more in the future, and, and you know, splicing it with what we're doing, and eventually love this to become its own podcast eventually. But um, yeah. at the moment, like, and splicing it with what we're doing with comics and the cross, I think is good. And um, so, to everyone out there, thank you so much for everyone who's been following us. Thank you to everyone. Appreciate all the support. And um, to all our followers on social media, to all the people who are supporting us, to you know, getting us to be Twitch affiliate guys. You have no idea. And um, for those in case you missed it, throwing it in chat again. Um, Cosmic and the Cross. Let's see. Yeah, go ahead, Bat. If you've got an idea, definitely send it my way. We would love to do more Cosmic and the Cross stuff. Absolutely. Um, so as I said at the top of the show, um, go check out our sponsor. Um, click on that link um, to get some Gamer Grind coffee goodness. Number one coffee for gamers. Hashtag on that grind. Um, and if you go to check out after buying something, put in code Comics and the Cross. And you will get 5% off an order. Um, so go ahead and get on top of that now that we are influencers with them. And we get to give you guys a little bit of a reward as well. So thank you for GamerGrain for upgrading that for us. And yeah. letting us just bless our community. It's like, I, I love our community. And I was just, I want, I'm glad we get to get back like that. Cool. Thanks, Bat. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. We appreciate it, Bat. And, and that's the thing as well. We are, you know, now we can get subs and we can get um, cheers and bits. If you can give something, we absolutely appreciate it. It helps the channel keep going. By no means is this mandatory. 
same if you want to give we do have a patreon as well but again this is not mandatory i know times are tight and money is tight right now but anything we'll continue to do it regardless yeah so we'll be we're, here we're doing this we love doing this we're going to keep doing it if you want to get any of that stuff and um, if you want to get some of our um merchandise i'll post this up quickly as well just as I mentioned, because, you know, shout out to Bob Fraser, our very first sub and part of the Stan Clan level of the Comic Clan. Um, who is now getting a free Comics in the Cross t-shirt. Um, on Patreon or... Uh, do you mean on Patreon or through Bitspot? Um, uh, we get more on Patreon. Uh, the way bits work is for every bit we get one cent. So, like, the thousand bits that you gave us, which is greatly appreciated, is like ten bucks. Um, which we greatly appreciate and um, but on patreon you can support us and there's six different tiers to choose from so you can go and have a look at it and um, we do like i think the lowest one is two dollars all the way up to our highest which is a hundred dollars and each one comes with different levels of stuff but you can by all means go ahead and subscribe at whatever level you want if at all yep. and we appreciate it and um, big one for next week absolutely for next week our next week's show Comics in the Cross have their first interview with Lewis Southard, the writer of the new comic that dropped a few weeks ago, Villains Seeking Hero. Started reading it, man. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing writing. I absolutely adore it. It's done really well. Um, he actually posted on his social media, he done an interview with someone else recently, which I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of jealous of, because he was meant to do an interview with us first film, has got his first ever interview. Yeah. And uh, So I'm kind of annoyed at that, I'll be honest. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> I know. How dare you speak to other people? Um, but the guy How seems dare like you a, promote your product? Yeah. The guy <laughs> seems like an absolute legend, so we will have him on the show next week talking about it. The link I've posted in chat is to Comixology, to the Villain Seeking Hero page, and where the first eight issues are available, you can get the first trade, which is issues one to five, for just five ninety nine on Comixology. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, check that out. You absolutely, trust me, you will not be disappointed. Uh, just warning for anyone in case anyone's sensitive to it it does have cussing in it and that's the only major thing there's not like any other mature content but it is part of action labs mature line so there is cussing which is like one or two cuss words per oh you got a friend nitro what happened oh (laughs) (laughs) the princess drawing is for the end of the cast this is my daughter lily say hi say hi Alright, we're wrapping up anyway. Um, but yeah, so go ahead and check out his stuff. You will not regret it. Trust me, the guy's absolutely amazing. Go show him some love on social media and please come and check it out next week. You don't want to miss this amazing interview. Um, I think we're going to get a three-way call with Skype so that it's um, the two of us and him on screen. It might not be. Um, we'll need to work it out. If in doubt, we'll, we'll work something out so we can both talk to him. Cool. Um, we'll we'll talk about that and we'll try and sort that out this week to make sure we can get it up and running but thank you to everyone in the comic clan thank you for everyone for hanging out with us today and talking some firefly i can talk firefly to the cows come home pun intended all right (laughs) all right but you guys take care have an amazing day and we will see you all next week see you guys